You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. But first, let's go over the news from Thursday. There isn't too much of it. Most of it is just cap stuff. But the biggest cap thing that happened on Thursday league-wide was that the NFL agreed on a new TV deal. So if you haven't been paying attention to this, the NFL has been negotiating a new long-term deal with all the broadcast networks. So, you know, CBS, Fox, ABC is back in the game. They're going to get their Monday Night Football. Uh, Amazon has a big Thursday night package and stuff. And all the scheduling stuff, my change is going to be like more Monday Night doubleheaders and stuff like that. But I think the biggest deal is uh, the money here. Because, as you know, the salary cap is tied to revenue. The, the players get a revenue share of the NFL's revenue, and that's kind of what determines the salary cap that each team has. So in previous years, the broadcasting like agreement would bring in $4.4 billion, and that was enough to be the, you know, the salary cap increases we saw every year. Now, of course, the salary cap went down because the league lost a bunch of money on not being able to sell tickets and, you know, fewer ads and stuff like that. So this uh, new agreement, $10 billion in revenue each year. That means more than twice as much uh, broadcasting revenue, almost two and a half times as much broadcasting revenue coming in each year now. So when you heard, holy crap, this is going to be a big spike, it's hard to to overestimate that. Now, how this actually scales, the league is usually pretty good at kind of responsibly scaling it. You're not just going to see a $400 million cap next year, but things are probably going to start to spike. And that, I think, explains a lot of this behavior of teams like, say, the Saints or the Rams or the Eagles, kind of abusing the void, the void year tactic. We talked about that yesterday, the idea of tacking on years to the end of a contract to spread out signing bonus uh, thinner so that it's not as big, big of a cap hit. Well, that cap hit eventually has to come in and smack you. For example, with Dalvin Tomlinson's contract in 2023, when his contract expires, the Vikings are going to have to take a pretty big dead cap hit as though they cut him early. That's obviously inefficient unless they like extend him or whatever. You figure that out then. But that's obviously not ideal. However, the actual amount of that, if it's, I don't know, like $7 million or whatever, might not look so bad if the cap has spiked for two years. And I think what we're going to see is a, a pretty... A steady increase on the cap over, you know, 2022, 2023, 2024. And I think that's going to really advantage teams like the Saints and Eagles that have kind of kicked the can down the road. And now suddenly they're just going to have this huge influx of cap space and all of those sort of pay the piper moments that they've been deferring and deferring and deferring, you know, utilizing more and more and more resources. Eventually, they're just going to be able to take those on the chin without really sacrificing a year or anything because of how the cap is going to go up. And they're going to be right back under it and kind of not have to really be punished for all of the irresponsible kind of uh, deferral cap moves that they've done. And the Vikings, I think, are in that category. They're not as far along as the Saints or Eagles or Rams are, but yeah, they did void years as well this year. They've been doing lots of restructures. They've been taking on lots of signing bonus and lots of prorated prorated uh, charges and, and lots of dead money when they cut players. And that eventually, you know, is supposed to catch up with you. But 
if those are deals made in a pre, you know, new TV deal environment and the numbers start to change a lot over the next three, four years, it's going to get a lot easier to kick those things down the road, which brings me to the things the Vikings actually did on Thursday. The first one Thursday morning, uh, they restructured the maximum amount they possibly could for Adam Thielen. I don't think they did any void year shenanigans. He's still got plenty of years left on his deal, um, but you should know for the uh, 2021 season, they save $8 million by doing that. Thielen doesn't even have to agree to it. It's just an accounting move. Nothing actually changes for Thielen. You know, sometimes you still get people going like, oh, Thielen did the team a solid by taking a restructure. It doesn't change anything for Thielen. He still gets the same game check every day. It's all just salary cap accounting between the the, the Vikings and the NFLPA. The other thing that's important to know is that uh, Kyle Rudolph was designated a post-June cut. So that changes something. So when you get designated a post-June cut, I, I wrote an article about it and why teams kind of don't use it all of the time. Uh, because it's often not that advantageous, but it seems like the Vikings are are opting for this this time. Um, but the way a post-June cut works is, let's say you have three years of, of of a contract left, like with Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph had, I think, a little under $1.5 million in prorated signing bonus charges. So call it $4.5 million. I'm rounding up here to make the numbers easier, but call it $4.5 million left of his signing bonus the Vikings needed to like pay off against the salary cap. And then you cut him early, and all that signing bonus accelerates. So if you cut him right now, you take that whole four and a half million uh, dead cap penalty. I think it was more like 4.125 or something like that, but call it, you know, that four and a half uh, million dead cap penalty. But if you designate post June, which basically means, you know, okay, you can go, we're going to cut you in June, go negotiate with other teams, go get a contract ready to go, kind of go shake hands on it. And in all ways that actually matter, Kyle Rudolph, and he went and signed with the Giants, by the way, so he's going to go join the Giants and be part of the Giants and all that, even in their offseason programs and stuff. Uh, it just against the books, the Vikings are still going to have Kyle Rudolph on uh, on, on their, their books. So right now, the Vikings still have Kyle Rudolph's like $9 million cap hit or whatever it is on their books. But instead of when they do cut him in, in uh, June, on June 1st, Instead of taking that whole four and a half million dollar dead cap hit, they only take this year's portion of it. So only one and a half million. And next year, they'll take the other three million as uh, kind of a deferred cap hit. So they're deferring a little bit more of that dead cap penalty. The problem is they can't actually use that money right now, uh, but they will be able to in June so they can use it to like sign their rookies or whatever um, and, and, you know, kind of plan accordingly. So hopefully it won't make too much of a difference. I mean, obviously, they've already kind of done their big money moves with Dalvin Tomlinson and Patrick Peterson. I doubt they do anything bigger money than that uh, this offseason. And ultimately, they're going to save a little bit more money in 2021 at the cost of a little bit of money in 2022. And 2022 is looking pretty tight. And I think there's a lot riding on if there is a cap spike in 2022, both because we're hopefully, you know, past the COVID revenue hit, but also because some of that new TV money is going to start to set in. And if that happens, the Vikings options open up quite a bit. They could even consider just letting Kirk Cousins play on that 45 million instead of, uh, you know, restructuring or trading him or doing something like that. They could let Dalvin Cook. He's going to play on a $12 million cap hit. His big money is going to start to kick in in 2022. You know, last year and this year, his money is still under, it's like five or six million in uh, both this year and, and last year. Next year, that money is going to really kick in and you might want to try to restructure something in 2022 there. But if new TV money comes in, you might not have to and you might not have to, you know, commit to bigger cap hits down the road with Dalvin Cook's contract. You might be able to be a little bit more responsible about it. So a big cap spike would be an excellent thing for the 2022 
2022 Vikings, but for right now, the 2021 Vikings seem to be kind of kicking a lot of their problems down the road, as a lot of teams kind of perpetually do. Now, we're going to talk about the uh, that, that $45 million thing, because today is the day that a bunch of money guarantees for Kirk Cousins. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about the whole week and kind of where the Vikings are at right now. But first, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. Did you watch the uh, the first four last night? Uh, March Madness is off and running and those first four, the, the like every game was awesome. Uh, there were comebacks all over the place. The last one went to overtime with Michigan State and UCLA. Michigan State just like fell apart. It was kind of sad to watch. Uh, oh, did you have any money on it? Let me know. At Luke Brown NFL, tell me... Uh, Post your, your W's online. Let me know. Uh, if you want to get in on some betting, I mean, this is like the the gold era sports season. You got basketball in full swing. The Wolves just had a phenomenal game. Big, like, 40-plus game from Anthony Edwards. Uh, if you want to bet on stuff like that, bet on NFL futures. Head on over to betonline.ag. You can go on your mobile or your uh, computer. You can sign up for free. It's free to make an account, and then you deposit the money and bet with it. And in your first deposit, if you enter promo code Locked On, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That means that whatever you deposit, for each $100 you deposit, 50 bucks of free gambling money gets deposited in your account courtesy of betonline.ag if you use the promo code locked on all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts there's a lot going on in the sports world outside of the Vikings. For more on maybe the TV deal, maybe the uh, Deshaun Watson situation, March Madness, what's going on in the NBA and all that stuff, head on over to Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. He will give you all of the sports headlines you need every weekday morning, just 20 minutes uh, to get you all caught up. But let's talk about where the Vikings stand right now, because they've they've done uh, a couple of things. We talked yesterday about like all in or, you know, should they really be trying to do this? Do they are they overestimating how much of a contender they are? And I don't think any of that stuff matters. I think for the most part, teams just try to get better. And I think there's maybe like two teams that will be like, ah, this year's a wash. We'll just like devote all the resources we can into next year. And, you know, there's like teams like the Lions and then there's everybody else. Right. And, and the Vikings are not in the spot the Lions are. So, of course, they're going to go try to get better. That's kind of the conclusion that I guess I was trying to come to. Um, but, you know, they got Dalvin Tomlinson. They got Patrick Peterson. That's going to do a lot to shore up their defense. And, you know, even if you thought that maybe a, a different defensive tackle, maybe you wanted Kong Su or Solomon Thomas, who uh, went for a lot cheaper, or maybe you wanted a, a different cornerback. I know they were in on Shaquille Griffin for a while. They missed out on him. They got Patrick Peterson for about four or four and a half million dollars less. Desmond King went for like three and a half million dollars. He's a slot corner, but I was really interested in him. Uh, and Patrick Peterson wasn't really on my radar. I didn't go over the outside corners, though, so that's probably more my fault than anything. But their major free agency moves seemed to be very directed at kind of a couple of really key problems with the defense. The defense was really soft in the front. Dalvin Tomlinson in there. That's going to, you know, do stuff for that. Patrick Peterson, you know, they were really, really not only uh, did they struggle a lot at corner in 2020, and they really the, the youth in corner was just completely untenable. So they put in a veteran uh, you know, leadership and all that stuff, but they also were missing a lot of corner depth. They were one neck didn't heal right away from Chris Boyd or Harrison Hand having to start games, um, and they're still kind of one injury away from that situation, but this kind of, you know, helps give them another layer of security there. So those are the problems that they went out and solved in free agency. Of course, there's always stuff like Chad Beebe and Rashad Hill and all these depth things as well, but on a higher level, the work is definitely not done. Ben Gessling reported on Thursday that they're currently the 
they're talking to some of the safeties in the market and they definitely they, and he, he thinks they're going to make an offensive line move. Um, and that right now they're kind of in a holding pattern, though, because they're up against the cap. They have about three million dollars in cap right now after all the things are said and done, the post June cut, the bar restructure, all that stuff. The signings have all officialized and all that stuff. So they got about three million dollars under the cap. And so to do anything else substantial, they'll have to make more cap space. And there's a couple of ways to do that there that it sounds like they're working on right now. It's been reported for a week or two that they've been working on this extension with Harrison Smith. And you might ask, hey, what's taking so long with that? Well, it's a negotiation, right? And negotiations can't exactly be hurried. You can try your best to do the work itself, like quickly, you know, draft up the contracts quickly and stuff. But eventually you have to submit an offer to someone and then they have to think it over and they have to read it over and they have to make sure you're not trying to pull one over on them and get the lawyers in. The agent reads it over and all that stuff. That's part of the thing. And then, you know, they decide what they like and don't like about it. They submit it back, say, we want to do these changes. Then the Vikings have to go back and talk about it and decide and then submit a new offer. And then you start the whole thing over again. So uh, unless it, a player is going to take the first offer you give them, like bar none, it's a, it's a long process. And it's not a problem at all, for the most part, unless you need the money right now. So right now, the Vikings, I think, are waiting for that process to happen. Now, Harrison Smith is not going to not extend. I would be really, really shocked if he just played out the last year of his deal and left. Um, you know, even if the Vikings try to, like, lowball him or something like that. But the Vikings have all sorts of uh, value in, see all sorts of value in Harrison Smith. He's like, totally Mike Zimmer's quarterback, right? And Harrison Smith has always loved being in Minnesota, uh, and especially so since Mike Zimmer got here, which has been most of his career, of course. So I think it's going to get done. It's just a matter of when and what opportunities do they miss out on in the meantime. And right now, it doesn't seem like there's been much. It does seem like kind of the whole league is sort of staring at each other a little bit. Uh, and it was kind of a slow news day on Thursday. A lot of centers are, are coming off of the board and a couple of uh, center trades have even happened. But the Vikings aren't going to be into centers because they're they're not going to replace Garrett Bradbury right now. Um, and in terms of guards, you know, Zeitler went off the board really quick. Thune was completely in the stratosphere. There was no way the Vikings were going to be in on that. Those are the kind of the two big name guys that uh, we really, you know, we're going to talk about. Brandon Scherf was there, of course, as well, but he ends up staying in Washington, gets a big extension there. And in fact, a ton of the guards that were supposed to hit the market just go back to their original teams and it thins out the market. And that's really difficult because it's tough to, to negotiate with, you know, well, but I could stay home and like not have to uproot my family, right? But I think we can all agree that right now, the way their guard situation looks, which is nobody's there. They have it's like Drew Samia and Ezra Cleveland out of position. It'd be a complete catastrophe. That's completely untenable. And their safety situation is untenable next to Harrison Smith. Right now, it's going to be like Josh Metellus and whoever they draft. You don't want to head into the draft having needs that are so dire. You just don't have the option of picking the best player available. You don't want to be priced in like that. And it sounds like they want to get all that stuff done before the draft so they aren't so restricted when draft day comes. But there is a another way that they can make some space. It's one I've pitched a couple times and I've even pitched structures for it. It's a Neil Hunter extension. Now you can give Neil Hunter the money that he wants and you can structure it in such a way that gives him a huge signing bonus and then his 2021 cap hit goes down. His 2021 cash goes way up. So Daniel Hunter is fine, but his cap hit would go down uh, and you would be able to kind of, uh, you know, push more money into those future years where the cap's supposed to explode. And they have to still figure out how they feel about Daniel Hunter's injury. And of course, that's the whole kind of hurdle in all of this is how do you feel about the neck injury and how do you feel about giving a bunch of money to a player coming off a neck injury? no matter what he's already earned, right? Like, if it weren't for that injury, I don't think this would be a conflict at all. I think we would just suddenly wake up to a headline that Daniel Hunter got a giant contract extension uh, and, and, you know, and a big pay raise, and we'd kind of be like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. 
And for whatever it's worth, Darren Wolfson said that he would be shocked if Daniil Hunter wasn't on the field in 2021 for the Minnesota Vikings. Here's what I think. Uh, just seeing the situation, seeing what sounds logical and, you know, piecing together reports as we see them, I think the Vikings are going to get the, are going to get something done here with Daniil Hunter before the season is done. I think that the contract changes somehow, and that might create some more cap space uh, if, if they end up needing it, or maybe they don't change the 2021 and they just add, you know, money onto future years. It, it just seems so easy to get something done. I have such a hard time seeing the Vikings playing hardball about this unless the injury is a lot more concerned than we know, but we haven't really heard anything one way or another on that. And, and you know, again, for what it's worth, Wolfson said uh, that they're probably going to focus on 2021 first before they, you know, square away the future year stuff with Daniil Hunter. Um, you know, so they're right now focusing their attention on free agency as they should be. But I do think something gets done there. So we'll see what, en- what sort of cap space they actually end up with when all is said and done. But there is one other cap thing we have to talk about, which is all of these guarantees that are kicking in today. What's the deal with all this? And I'm here to kind of tell you not to panic. I know there's going to be a lot of panic. I'm recording this Thursday night. I know people are going to freak out. So uh, here is here is me equipping you with what you can talk about at work to people who don't get how this contract works. But first, let's talk about built madness. You've heard us talk a whole bunch about Built Bar, best tasting protein bar on the planet, covered in 100% chocolate, low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, high protein, all that good stuff. But what is the best flavor of Built Bar? They've got a ton of flavors and we're doing a bracket because it's that time of year. Uh, Today's matchup, double chocolate versus caramel brownie. Now, I think double chocolate is probably going to get a little underrated because it's just kind of, it's like the the M&Ms of this. It's like the main one, but it's also kind of boring because it's just like it's chocolate and more chocolate, right? and all these other interesting flavors, raspberry and coconut stuff and peanut butter stuff and all that stuff. But I don't know. I feel like ch- double chocolate might, uh, might might get a bad rap for being boring when it's perfectly good. But Caramel Brownie is a formidable opponent. We'll see what happens. Uh, if you want to go vote, you can go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And uh, if you want to buy some Built Bar for yourself, get a box at BuiltBar.com and enter promo code LOCKEDON15. That's LOCKEDON15 to uh, get 15% off of your order. That's at BuiltBar.com. So if you're like me and you didn't watch a lot of regular season college basketball, you didn't follow the whole thing, you don't know who's good, who the upsets are, and all that stuff, listen to Locked On NFL on Fridays. Your boy Q and Christopher Carter are joined by a betting expert and analyst from the Action Network. You can get a full weekend preview of everything and a Sunday six-pack of winning bets every Friday in the Locked On NFL podcast. You can subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you find your favorite shows. Go do that after this one. So let's talk about this this guarantee. So today is kind of a big day in the Kirk Cousins contract. There was, if you ever looked up uh, Kirk Cousins' contract on Over the Cap or Spot Track or any of those things, you might have seen that in 2022, if you release Kirk Cousins, he would save 35 of his $45 million cap hit. Uh, it was unguaranteed salary, but there is an option today on uh, Friday the 19th that kicks in that guarantees every cent of that money, which means that now, after today, cutting Kirk Cousins, he will still see all of his money, and uh, you you just have to pay that whole charge against the, the salary cap the day you cut him. Now, 
cutting Kirk Cousins was never really in the cards, and that's really the only way to get out of this particular option. I'm actually a little bit confused as to why the rolling guarantee was built in in this particular way, I guess in case of like total disaster if they wanted to cut him after this year and they wanted to take to the 10 million, they wanted to have this like nuclear Blake break glass in case of emergency sort of option. Let's say the Vikings went, you know, three and 13 and they wanted to get rid of Cousins and they'd fire everybody and they'd go for the rebuild and it's okay to take the dead cap because this is a dead year or whatever. Maybe they wanted to leave that option, that, that, I don't know, that eject button option or something. That's the only way I could see this option like making any sense, but it would be like nuclear, like it would be completely untenable to uh, expect to be competitive if you did so. So they're obviously not going to do that. And that means that this guarantee is going to uh, to vest sometime in the afternoon on Friday. A bunch of other guaranteed money vests, I think like $3 million for Daniil Hunter uh, becomes guaranteed. I think there might be some left on bars that is guaranteed, although that might have gone away with the restructure. I think there's a couple other ones. Um, so the the point of this sometimes you'll you'll do like rolling guarantees on contracts and the point of this is to basically say hey we, we're gonna guarantee you uh this this money for the most part but we're gonna leave ourselves kind of a three-day window of free agency where maybe we cut you if things aren't working out like with dan bailey dan bailey actually had money that would have guaranteed but now they've cut him so it's like a roster bonus if you're still on the roster and we intend to keep you on the roster through the kind of wave of free agency then a whole bunch of money that was previously unguaranteed will now become guaranteed. So if, you know, they try to cut Daniil Hunter tomorrow, that's going to be that much more dead cap hit, right? And for the most part, the, the, the Vikings were not planning to uh, challenge any of these things, so it doesn't really change a lot. But there's still going to be a lot of panic because now it is going to guarantee that Kirk Cousins gets paid $35 million, and he already made the other $10 million that will be on his 2022 cap charge as well. He only makes $31 million this year, so if you see people say, oh my god, Kirk Cousins is making $45 million dollars. He isn't yet, um, but he will. And in 2022, it's just a matter of how he actually receives that money and how it uh, it charges against the cap. Now, with guaranteed salary, you can do stuff. And we talked a lot about this over February and, and the early parts of March, kind of the options with Kirk Cousins' contract. Um, I did a little Twitter video about a month ago about this particular bonus and kind of what the Vikings' options are. But I'm here to tell you there's no need to panic. Uh, there is still a pretty low chance that that $45 million cap hit actually happens in 2022, unless the salary cap explodes such that it's like no longer even a problem. But that's really the only scenario that I see this happening. Um, if it is a problem and it's holding the Vikings back, there are two main options that they can do. And this is not taking the Vikings uh, off guard either. The only people who are surprised by this particular development are people who just didn't happen to look it up before. Um, but everybody saw this coming. This was in the original contract, and uh, this is not you know, they're not being blindsided by this and they're not letting a deadline pass on accident here. So here's their two options. One, you could extend Kirk Cousins. And I think this is the intention. If you read the tea leaves of the contract and the way that the two parties talk, this was really a four-year deal that they signed in 2020 that looked like a two-year deal, but functionally it was a four-year deal because this 2022 cap hit is insane. 45 million is bonkers. And if, you know, the Vikings wanted to get out from under that 45 million, their only way to do that is to extend and, you know, spread out that hit in the form of a signing bonus and to kick some of that money into future years as part of a greater extension. And so, again, in the Twitter video that I linked in the show notes, uh, I, I, I pitched a I pitched one. I pitched one in an article earlier as well, but it's all going to be kind of loose because this is a 2022 thing. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll draft up extensions. What 
what a Kirk Cousins extension will look like next offseason. Uh, if, you know, we're still interested in Kirk Cousins, maybe he plays really poorly and they want to get rid of him. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but if you wanted to extend him, it would look something like, you know, you take, say, 30 of his 35 million, convert it into signing bonus. Same thing they just did with Adam Thielen. Doesn't change the cash at all. Uh, it just, you know, changes the cap hit. And you would say tack two extra years onto his deal, maybe even some void year shenanigans if you wanted to do that. And, uh, you know, spread that out across a bunch, uh, you know, get the cap hit down, say spread it across uh, two extra years and two extra void years. So now that 30 million is going to be 6 million a year. So you just got rid of $24 million in cap space on the 2022 season. Now that looks a lot more regular. And then you just have to decide what actual base salary you want to give him. And I guess that probably depends a lot on how he actually does in 2021. But all of that is a next year thing. They don't have to do anything about it this year. Now, they could do something similar this year where they tack on a couple void years and like do a signing bonus thing or something like that to get his cap hit down this year. He's going to make $31 million in 2021. If they want to get that down, they could do void year stuff. I think they're trying to avoid doing that because the problem with void years, let's say they do the void year thing with Kirk Cousins and they split his $21 million between this year, next year, and the year after that. So, uh, and they add like one void year, right? So it's just one void year. So it would go from a $21 million base salary to a $7 million base salary, saving 14. And next year you would tax seven extra onto his 45. So it would turn into a $52 million deal. This is why they're not going to restructure anything right now. Uh, and then you'd have another $7 million dead cap hit next year as uh, Kirk Cousins' contract expires or the year after that in 2023, you'd still be paying for Kirk Cousins. Uh, so I don't think we actually want to do that. That's why they haven't done anything. But let's say Kirk Cousins uh, stinks up the place in 2021. You want to get rid of him. There's one way to do that. You can't cut him, right? Because everything's guaranteed. If you cut him before 2022, yeah, sure, he's off the roster, but you didn't save a dime. You're still on the hook for that whole $45 million cap hit. And now you're just out of quarterback you had before. The deal is to trade him. That's that's all you got. You trade him for whatever you can. And uh, at that point, if he stinks and you want to get rid of him, you, you're you probably like doing the Osweiler, Jared Goff contract dump and we'll give you picks kind of thing. Uh, that'd be a pretty bad outcome. So I, I think the Vikings are, are planning to extend him in 2022. And that's going to make us all really mad. And we'll deal with that when that comes. But the plan, I think, has always been to extend him. You're restructuring him right now or doing anything with void years right now is I think it's colossally dumb, um, and, and I think there's much more responsible ways to generate cap space, like extending Harrison Smith or, or uh, you know, resolving the Daniil Hunter situation with a big signing bonus. I don't think Kirk Cousins' contract is the one to borrow from here. It's not really structured for that. Uh, but we'll see what happens in if and when he is extended next offseason, and what happened today doesn't really have any bearing on any of the situation that I just talked about. It is extender trade. It always has been extender trade. It was yesterday. It will be tomorrow. This particular trigger is, I think, just an accounting detail that you can pretty safely forget. So that's going to do it for the week on Locked On Vikings. I will see you all on Monday with whatever random news happens over the weekend. We'll see what sort of horrors uh, the Vikings bring us this time. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at LukeBronNFL. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I hope you all enjoy the college basketball this weekend. And as always, Skull.